peer-to-peer energy trading and collective self-consumptions. Those two are, I would say, among the new buzzwords in the energy sectors nowadays. It's Nicola Rossetto, and today I'm in Florence. The Florence School of Regulation hosted the second meeting of the Global Observatory on these new energy models. And uh, I had the opportunity to talk with a few uh, guests that uh, visit us, and they bring uh, their knowledge, their expertise on this. You know, when you talk about peer-to-peer and collective cell consumption frequently, communities, energy communities are mentioned. I said, let's talk with Josh Roberts, advocacy officer at RESCOP, the European association that uh, collects, that gathers together several cooperatives in Europe. And I decided to talk with him about this issue, about is it really true that uh, when we talk about peer-to-peer and uh, uh, collective self-consumption, a community dimension is there or According to you, it's a bit more nuanced, the situation. Yeah, first, uh, thanks for thanks for asking the question, Nicolo. Um, I mean, community is a, it's a really special topic for us. So as the European Federation for Renewable Energy Cooperatives, uh, we really, like, community is at the heart of everything we do. Um, and we don't take the, the term lightly. Uh, I think in the past, uh, you know, community energy has been a very broad sort of topic. Um, and I like to think it as a spectrum, uh, and that can be everything from very weak participation or engagement of citizens, uh, to the very strong notion of community ownership. And I would say that is the end of the spectrum where our members lie and where we would like to see the energy transition uh, head towards. So when we think of community or when we hear collective self-consumption, it's not community unless it's owned by the users, the citizens that are using this service, that are owning the uh, installation in which their renewable energy is being produced or even a service. I mean, community can be uh, anything. It's really more of a social innovation as opposed to any specific activity. Uh, so, so that's kind of how we see it. And that can be everything from grid ownership to local supply of renewables. It can even just be owning a, uh, a, solar, a solar park uh, just outside of your village. Um, it can be renovations on buildings. It's, it's lots of different things. So if I understood correctly, community refers to an organizational principle, a, a governance structure, if you want, and not necessarily to a specific uh, activity within the realm of energy, right? Sure. Yeah. And that's kind of what gets us into the, the EU legislation. I mean, for us, uh, an energy community is an organizational concept. It's not a technical concept. It's it's not about innovating technolo- technologically in the energy sector. It's more about applying social innovation and the way you organize different participants into a specific uh, legal structure and how the rules are made by uh, how with how decisions are made and who can participate and how the benefits are shared. Uh, that is really what makes it a community. Okay, so this is uh, clear. So in our investigation, we should take this into account. We can have a community-based collective self-consumption initiatives. We, we can have self-consumption that is maybe not so strictly related to any community. We can have peer-to-peer maybe that is driven by some uh, traditional maybe uh, market uh, market players. But then uh, the EU legislation, you mentioned, we, uh, we recently got a new 
European legislative framework for community energy, energy communities. What is your view? I know that you were quite hard during the legislative process. Can you give us a, a summary of how you see the result or, or even the process that could be even interesting? Yeah, no. Um, yeah, so we, we were involved uh, pretty much even, I would say, before the start, uh, all the way up into the finish. And, and now we're working on the transposition and communicating what that legislation means. And maybe maybe it's important to start about why we even wanted that. Um, I mean, the community energy movement, uh, citizen ownership, it has been a growing movement. I mean, it, it starts way back even in the early 1900s. Uh, and with the renewables, Uh, it really started in the 1970s. People started coming together and building wind turbines together and they formed cooperatives to collectivize their investment to do this sort of thing. And that has really just sort of taken off. Um, but uh, it has really uh, come up against the, the internal market, the market rules, which are about integrating renewables into the market. Um, that doesn't always fit with the way these types of uh, organizational structures work. And so for us, it was very important to make sure that as we move forward in this energy transition, that this specific type of, of non-commercial market actor, because indeed these are enterprises, they are small and medium enterprises, but they are not in the market to make a profit. They're there to deliver benefit for the community and for the members. And it was really to make sure that they were acknowledged uh, as this specific type of player that experiences a unique set of issues um, so that regulations could be tailored uh, so that they have a more level playing field, that they are not left behind and that they are also able to uh, explore and uh, experiment with new social innovations like educating people on how to use energy better, how to fight energy poverty. Uh, the, the options are, are really limitless. So, I mean, that was really what we were uh, looking to do. And I think by and large, um, I think we, we, we achieved in the EU legislation what we wanted. We now have two definitions. They are not perfect, but they are certainly something to work with. Uh, and now we can take the battle to uh, the national uh, legislators to communicate this concept and what it can mean. Um, of course, there's also a lot of challenges there because not a lot of people understand what an energy community means. Um, and that could create uh, a lot of wiggle room in the legislative process for a lot of different things, some of which we might like, some of which we, we might not. Okay, so I see that it was really important to clarify some, some concepts uh, and I would say the use of some labels in the legislative uh, developments in, in Europe. And, uh, and now, yes, the challenge is uh, to, con to look at what member states does. If I do not understand, uh, um, if I'm not wrong, they have still another year or so to transpose the Renewable Directive and the Electricity Directive. So we will monitor them. Uh, thank you very much, Josh, for being with us and see you next time. Yeah, my, my pleasure. This is, this is really the beginning. This is not the end. So uh, happy to talk more about this and let you guys know how, how things are going. Perfect. Goodbye. Ciao, ciao.